One. <laughs> oh, yes. Thank you very much. I hope you were satisfied by that <laughs> Rocky Horror style. What, how is that Rocky Horror? In the way that he's like, I can see you shiver with Antissa. Oh, sure. Anyway. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah he says anyway. Um, Come yes. on. <laughs> Welcome back to our Fringe-tacular. Fringe-a-palooza. Yes, etc. Yes, we still have not settled on what to call we'll this figure it out. We'll little figure it out. marathon it's we're running. It's five minutes. <laughs> it has. Yeah, no, so, yeah, between <laughs> the end of the last episode and the beginning of this one that you're currently like, listening to, what Hopefully. was that? Maybe like four minutes? Uh, probably four minutes. You had to turn off the laptop and reboot it to make sure everything was working. Yeah. Well, um, I'm a tech wizard. Here we are. <laughs> Sorry for never being on the Genius Bar. I just what Apple Genius Apple Bar. Apple Genius second. Bar. Yep, yep, yes. Yep. Hey, do I do the intro? The, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, hi everyone, welcome to Praise Dionysus. Praise him! Praise him, oh yeah. Um, so, yeah, so in this episode of our Fringegasm, we are talking about um, You're a Catch, Why Are You Single by Sarah Wynan, Mind How You Go by Dougie Baldwin, and a play about Ivy that is really about June by Olive Weeks. Great. Mmm. Hey James, you ready to commit fringicide? <laughs> Was that a take on committing suicide? Yes. <laughs> um, so not, so not a take on regicide, not a take on fratricide. It was <laughs> we're going to commit mass fringicide together. <laughs> Oh, I'm really happy with that one. You're a fringicidal maniac. Oh, God, Great. that's good. Um, good, good, Hey, good. Jake, tell me. Uh, yes, rate James. your last five minutes out of out of five stars. Rate my last five minutes. Yeah. Um, so what essentially happened? If you had to boil it down, <laughs> what happened in the last five minutes? Not loads. Where did we even get to? Jake, it's been five minutes. How I have know, you forgotten? But now I'm trying to reflect on the content of what really doesn't feel like it I was, was bored. You were bored, of course. Um, no, nah, nothing really happened. Did something happen that I've forgotten about? No. You had to reboot the laptop. We I... talked about, remember in the, I don't, if you were there, the last episode we were talking about which shows we should talk about. Which shows? <laughs> we should talk about. And we weren't sure whether or not we should, like, yeah, resort to the mm. lucky dip or if we should just continue chronologically. We sort of decided to continue chronologically. Yep. But that's still maybe a thing that we talk about. I think we're going to go chronologically, but, like, if... A situation presents itself where we're looking at three shows about a particular subject. We might chop and change things a bit. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, yeah. we're locking nothing in. <laughs> yeah, we're not committing to anything. No. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. No. So. Uh, but no. So I guess mm, not a lot happened. I'll give it twenty six and a half stars because I feel like half stars have always been like quite indecisive in my mind. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. You know, be yep. bolder. First off, don't review things in a like a star system. Yeah. But secondly, halves. What are you doing? Make a choice. Make a choice. Um, yeah, so that's my answer. What about you, James? How was your last few minutes? Boring. I was bored. Jake had to reboot his laptop and I had to sit here. Um, <laughs> I offered to go and get us tea and then I wasn't allowed to make the tea. Okay, in no way is that a fact. I got up <laughs> to go make tea and then Jake said, I'm ready. <laughs> and then I sat here for another two minutes I while you fiddled with the laptop. I did not say I'm ready in the sense of like, you better not be going anywhere. <laughs> I'm ready to go. That's what it sounded like. <laughs> my time is precious and you are terrible. Your time is scum. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Why? Okay, well, <laughs> let's ride this tension bicycle right into the episode, I think. Oh, ding, ding, but also, <laughs> five stars, I give it oh, two. Two stars? Because I was going to make us two teas, but I wasn't allowed to. Oh, <laughs> I'm having a bad time, everyone. 
<laughs> no, I'm having a good time, Jake. I'm enjoying my time here. I hope we're all having a good time. This is a very fun time of this the year. This is a fun time. It's Fringe Balloons! It cannot continue to be spooky. We need to think of something else. <laughs> okay. All right, I'll think of something. Hey! <laughs> Hello. Hello, James. Um, I went to Theatre Works. Oh, the St Kilda one. I know the one. You know the one? Yeah. Yes. I've been there before. Oh, look at you go. Thank you. Yes, I went with beautiful British Johnny. Yes. And we went to see a show. It's called You're a Catch. Why are you single? Oh. Oh. Do you want me to answer that for you? You can't. Mm. Oh. Do you have an answer? <laughs> hmm? Ugly. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. We got to the bottom of it. That's good. Straight away. Go on. Why are you single? Oh, no. We're not going straight to that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, by Sarah Wynan. Um, yeah, so turned up. I was intrigued because, like, the promo images is all very tindery. Okay, And yes. I just think that it's... I know it's early, not necessarily early days, but, you know, Tinder being on the scene, I think is just a funny, recognisable... Thing. When people feature that in any sort of way in their show, I'm like, I love that I almost already hate this because yes. it's like, <laughs> yes, because I, I, just in the way that's like, oh, this again. But mm. it's like, I'm also intrigued because it's like, it's fertile ground, you know. It is fertile ground. Mm. It's modern love. Yeah, it's that's modern what it love. Is. It's it's love sold to you. Love sold. It's to love you. bottled up and sold back to you in the form of a game. Oh, oh Tinder. Tinder. Yeah. Oh my god, the way it gamifies yeah. like, affection. Oh my god, the things we oh could god, talk about. The things, things we may talk about. Mm. What about Grinder? Gr- Grinder is just the cesspool of the dating app world. Which you've it? abandoned now, right? Well, Let's just yes. talk about the details of your relationship. You're off Grinder. Yeah. I've been off Grinder for over a year and a half now. What's happened for a year and a half? I've been in a monogamous relationship. With whom? Jake! James! <laughs> Flynn! <laughs> And you're seeing this person. I'm seeing this person. I've been seeing it for Congratulations, a while. Thank you so much. James. So I've been so off Grindr. Let's move on. <laughs> I, you, you. So I went to the theatre. Did ya? Front row with Johnny. And then, yeah. So then it's sort of like the set itself is a door frame. And then either side of that door frame is kind of like these like, cushiony Tetris blocks either side. Okay. And they just sort of get used as set pieces throughout the piece. Oh, okay. Um, cool. But yeah. And then it sort of begins... Door frame, as in like just a regular, like I'm looking at a door, it's that door frame. You know how doors fit into walls? Yes, I do, but was yeah. it like a double door frame? <laughs> oh, no, I'm, not, I'm, like a... I'm describing it to you. You know how like a regular door fits into a wall? Yes. Like a door inside of a house? Yes. And you know the, the wood that goes around it? Like the rectangular wood. It does sound like you're being a real <laughs> facetious cunt. No! But, okay. You know how there's a wooden rectangle that encircles the door? Yes. It doesn't encircle, it enrectangles. It enrectangles, right? <laughs> the wood that enrectangles a door. Yep. Okay, take that with the door. Yep. Okay, now, throw the door away. Okay, it's still, <laughs> once again... You... you know how you're left with just a little rectangle now? Yes. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> Right, uh, <laughs> plank that, <laughs> plonk it dead center. No, you said plank. Yeah, because I was thinking of wood. <laughs> <laughs> plank and or plonk that upstage center at Theatre Works in St Kilda. Great, Other side done. Of that, <laughs> cushiony Tetris blocks, very versatile set pieces. Thank you so much. I do say so, my elf. <laughs> jingle oh. jingle oh. <laughs> oh. Accidental segue now. The opening scene is set at Christmas time Jake Well I've done I've done it Well done Podcasting is easy Carry on <laughs> uh, Yeah so Beck Schilling comes out One of the performers Gorgeous And is it like singing and talking about the fact of like going... Oh it's a, it's a singing thing? 
Oh yeah, so it's like a mu- it's like a song cycle. Oh, pianist. Yeah, okay, right, right, right. Yeah, song cycle. Love. Yes. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, yeah, presumably about singledom and singleness. Yep. And yeah, comes out and sort of sings a song and talks a bit about the thing of like going to Christmas lunch mm-hmm. and your family being like, "Why are you single? You're so pretty. You're so cool. Why do you not have a boyfriend?" Which of course is the goal of all of this. Yes. <laughs> is to have a man. <laughs> or a woman. Or yes, or other. Yes, well done, Jake. <laughs> Thank well done, you. my politically advanced friend. <laughs> Thank you, me. Yes, um, yeah, and so that sort of like sets things up, and then that setting kind of bookends the piece, right. is it, and everything sort of hangs between the two of those things. Okay, okay, cool. Um, yeah, yeah, and there's songs about like what is there? There's like about nice guys being potentially terrible. Like there's a yep. a piece that it's a bit spoken wordy. I think was it all just spoken? Um, it was. Oh, it was like a rhyming. It was like a Dr. Seuss take on dating an incel. <laughs> oh, that's okay. That's kind of fun. I'm, I'm, I'm back on board. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah that existed. Uh, there was a song about um, having a big penis and how that makes dating easier. It does. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> um, there was a song that Brenton Shaw performed um, that was like, it started off as spoken word and then turned it into a spoken, I'm saying talking. He started off talking about um, trying to find, like using Grinder to find a way to not feel alone. Mm-hmm. And something that I thought was quite well put was the feeling of um, not feeling like you're enough and not feeling like you're like loved or lovable, but then seeking out the feeling that you could be through something like grinder and mm. random sex yeah. in the way of like, at least you can be guaranteed that in the moment where you're with each other and having sex and the other person is feeling satisfied and into you, at least in that moment, you know that you definitely are those things. Oh yeah. Oh, that was, that's haunting. Haunting? Haunting that feeling. <laughs> is it? No, I just, I, I, I just know that feeling that he's talking about. Oh sure. Yeah. Oh sure. You just go out to find people. Um, <laughs> Just go out there to hunt people down. Okay. Wait, is that what you would often find yourself going to Grindr for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, how, absolutely. Wait, so what, how would you describe why you would use Grindr? For sex. Uh-huh. For intimacy. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I ever really specifically used Grindr for dating. I think it was always very much... Yeah, like, I'm just saying I understand that, that vibe of like, ah, oh, yeah, this is good, this is nice, maybe I don't need anything more than this. Okay. Because if you tell yourself that you don't need anything more than this, then you can just have that, and it fixes the problems. But it doesn't. <laughs> Spoilsy. Spoiler alert. Yeah, but is that how you, that's how you met Flog, wasn't it? It is how I met Flog. Yep. Yeah. So you know, keep digging. <laughs> <laughs> so let me do a complete U-turn on my opinion about crime. <laughs> Stay there until it works. <laughs> well, you know, but that, that was a that was a complete fluke. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, there was um, some familiar stuff in terms of, and not familiar in a negative way, familiar in a way of like, um, it's, it's sort of what we come back to when we talk about love as people. Um, the feeling of having to be okay with aloneness um, was in there plenty. And um, yeah, the feeling of trying to like, yeah, seek out love generally. There was, a, out of sort of nowhere, there was this really beautiful song um, that was performed by Marcus Doherty, who I think was certainly like, the cast was really, really strong. Oh, nice. It was a really, yeah, such beautiful voices, really good performers. They danced very well. It was really, yeah, it was a cohesive, like impressive ensemble. Someone who stuck out to me was Marcus Doherty. Um, yeah, especially in moments, yeah, he had this like long song that felt like it was like, it was an odd, an odd song to include in the piece just because 
the rest of the songs were pretty much all about dating, and this song was about his daughter dying from, I think, cancer. Oh. <laughs> Which isn't about dating, but it was a beautiful song that sure. was sad and moving, and he delivered it really well. But Gorgeous. I just thought it was it was a funny thing to be sticking out. Because <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how cancer's hilarious. Cancer's hilarious. <laughs> um, yeah, but... Yeah. Okay, interesting. Why was that in that show? I don't know. I don't know. I guess um, in some descriptions of what the show is, it's about being alone. And I think if you have a child that dies... Um, there's an aloneness to that you experience. feel pretty alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I think there was a moment, just to make it about me for a second, <laughs> I think there was a... <laughs> you. Me, I know. The worst topic in the world. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was something, and this is a positive thing that I felt, was like there was um, a number of times the issue came up of, and the thought came up and it was kind of like interrogated and poked a bit for thought of, throughout like the world of dating having to ask the question of, like, what's wrong with me? Like, why does Mm. no one want me? Why am I so bad? Like, I must suck if no one's in love with me yet. Yeah. And I I found myself being like, oh, come on. (laughs) Just, just, but in, in like, the positive sense of, like, that's absolutely a mindset that you can fall into, but it's an unhealthy one, and it's one that you need to work on yourself until you find your way out of. Not to, like, Mm. dismiss people who are in that current state. Um... But it was. It felt like growth for me, outside of whether or not it's a correct thing for me to be thinking. It felt like growth in my sense because there was a time in my life where if I would, if I were to watch this show, um, would still have enjoyed it. But it, I, I resent how much. Maybe I don't resent it. But there was a time where if I saw this show and saw these characters being like, "What's wrong with me? Um, why does no one want me?" I would have been very much like, "I know, right?" Right. <laughs> like, okay. I yes. get it, but, but like this was now. my first time experiencing people talking about that type of subject matter, and have been like, "Oh, that's not me anymore." That is new for you. D- yeah. Yeah, because you do. It, it used to not take much to knock you off your axis a little bit. I'm very easily knocked off my axis, but this, uh-huh. <laughs> but I don't think that that is a thing. At least anytime soon, will be something. That, that I, I don't expect to be the person again no. soon that's going to be like, I must be a piece of shit because no one wants to go on a date with me. Yeah, no, I don't imagine that happening to you anytime soon but either. That's good news. No. See, that's a large step. Yeah, that is a large step. And, and for you, yeah. huge, because you've got giant feet. <laughs> Thank you, I do. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so th- this show made me have that revelation and it felt nice. That's so nice. That's something. That's growth. That's personal growth. And if you can go to a show and it can highlight to you how you've changed for a positive way, mm-hmm. I think that's good theatre, baby. There was this really wonderful ballad that occurred. Oh, um, and it was, is it, call it a ballad? I always feel like ballads have to be schmaltzy, but no. But it was, yeah, it was performed by Emily Jacker Lawrence. And it was about the experience of, uh, it, it came out in this beautiful dress. Mm. Um, and it kind of had a maybe this time energy, which is oh, always positive, of yes. course. Um, and sang about what, like not being sure as to whether or not she was in love with the person that she was dating, or whether or not she was just in love with the experience of what love is. Like, whether yep. or not she, yeah, liked him a lot, or whether or not she just liked being loved, yep. and sort of, like, the performance and experience that comes along with that type of affection. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, which was just a, yeah, a high Have you point. ever been in that sort of situation where you've been in love with the situation, but not the person? Um, yeah. 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 Yeah, when I was, like, 21. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, seeing this really wonderful guy. Um, and there were, like, plenty of, like high large emotions involved but I think I was just like excited by the prospect of like having a boyfriend Mm. um and he was really lovely um 
but I was also just like mentally just like not even a person. Right. And as in you were too young or too you young, just too stupid, um, fairly recently devastated by romance. Hmm. Um, liked him, liked the idea of get, like, getting to date him, getting to be someone's boyfriend, like, uh, even just like telling my friends that I had a boyfriend, like the yep, idea yep, of getting yep. to do all of that stuff was really appealing to me. And I don't, not, even, I, I, not even all of this was at the service of my consciousness. It was just like, that's what I now looking back know was happening. Yeah. At the time I just thought, oh, I found this wonderful guy that likes me. It's fun to like go to the movies with him. It's, yeah. Um, and also in a swirling sea of misery, it's nice to have a rock. Sure, sure. And I think, and I don't even think it felt like a rock. It just felt like a... A maybe, boulder? I don't know, maybe even just like a safer part of the ocean. It just felt like... That's a rock. It's no. <laughs> That's being on a rock. I refuse to believe I chose the wrong metaphor. Okay, stop, stop. <laughs> That's me playing you. Right. <laughs> 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 See how well you fit into that one? Mm. <laughs> Carry on, bitch. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. No, have you had that experience of loving love more than the person you were with? Loving, lo- loving, like, like loving the. Ex- yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I've definitely loved the situation. Sure. Oh! No, I don't think I have. I've definitely been in relationships that I have not enjoyed and wanted to be out of mm. which is a different thing mm. I don't think I've ever been with someone and loved the actual experience of being with someone more than I love that person yeah that's good I, th- I think that's good yeah sure but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I don't know yeah it's, I don't know I, it's been phases where I really think about not the perspective like never considering doing but thinking about the experience like the relatively contemporary no it's not even a contemporary experience the feeling of the people that choose to be with someone who provides like financial stability or some type of mm. comfort or yeah so, something that is an option outside of loving them yeah like someone that ugh, i don't know choosing something other than profound romantic love as being the person with whom you have a long-term thing with mm. and getting comfortable with that idea because I super duper can't, and I've interrogated it a lot, but I, I can't ever see myself being the sort of person that can choose anything other than wild, passionate romance. Yeah, I, I guess people that, uh, I feel like a lot of people that would choose that situation would also be forced into it. In, in, in <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> no, in like a way of like, by situation, you know, they need someone who is able to support them. They need someone who is able to look after them. Like, in what sort of sense? In I think the, we're privileged in that we're able to sort of have love be the primary drive behind wanting to be in a relationship but for some people out there getting married to someone who is able to actually support you and look after you is the driving force because otherwise you might you know be out in the street who knows oh that's, sure that's all I mean sure so, yeah. sure well yeah well yeah totally yes sorry I'm hung up on like I, I, I wouldn't consider it a privilege to be like when I choose love I'm going to prioritise the love but yeah mm. it's certainly a privilege to think that we don't have to factor in the thought yeah okay I will not be able to be an adult for much longer if I don't find a person with enough money to support a lifestyle that I can survive. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's super true. But yeah, the people that would be able to have a relatively comfortable existence, um, but instead opt for finding someone whom instead of loving them w- just wants the extravagancies that come with their romance. I see. Yep, yep, um, yep, yep, yep. Yeah, it's just not a thing that I can really get around. But maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll just I become a real gold digger. I'd love money so much. <laughs> Oh my god, someone give me money. Oh, I don't love Greg, but I love money. My dad's name is Greg. Oh, oh. 
<laughs> I just remembering now that I <laughs> said at the dinner table at your Dude. birthday party that I was going to have sex with your grandma. You did say that, yeah. And you know what? Everyone laughed. Everyone thought it was very funny. You didn't even say that. You said, I'm going to fuck your grandma. I did. You did, yes. <laughs> Bravo. True to form. Um, great. Okay, cool. Anything else you want to talk about? You want to talk about Tinder? Do you want to talk about dating apps um, anymore? No, I feel like I do want to talk about love, but there are more shows coming up that do that have love as well. And I feel like we should save the love conversations for, for more love shows as well. You're going to save it for later. Well, I mean, I've got uh, there's, a, there's a show I want to talk about in particular coming up. No, great. Up. Yeah, no, I'm yeah, excited yeah. to hear what that will be. That sounds like a fun time. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, it was like goofy and light and yeah. I love any sort of... I love any time I see a show that is pitched as like, dating apps? What about them? You know, that's fun. I love that. Dating apps, what about him? <laughs> yeah, Jake. What? <laughs> hello. Oh, hello. <laughs> I'm trying out a new voice. Yeah. Um, I went to the Motley Bauhaus. Oh, yes. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd never been before. Oh, this is your first Motley. my first Motley experience. Great, okay. And it was so Motley. The, the Motleyest? Motleyest, baby. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> more like Motley Fringe House. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> guys, stop laughing. Listen. <laughs> Keep laughing. I went to see a show. Yeah. I went to the downstairs, I believe the main performing space on the ground floor. I don't know if they've decided that one is main and one is not sure. main. In my brain, ground floor just says main to me. Yeah? I'm stretching right now. But okay, yeah. good. good. <laughs> Stay engaged for the yes, listeners. Sorry, That's I'm good. stretching. <laughs> oh, I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> so, went along. Yeah. And I saw Mind How You Go. Okay. Um, Did you choose that accent strategically? For a reason. Okay. Um, uh, performed by Dougie Baldwin, okay. directed by Dylan Murphy. And I've got to say, Dougie Baldwin was trained by French master clown Philippe Goyer. Oh, wow. Which is a magnificent thing to be able to say about yourself. Yeah. Trained by a master clown. Oh, I have pals that are considering to go study with Goyer. Really? Yeah. Well, they should talk to Dougie Baldwin. I'll let them know. There you go. <laughs> um, so... It's a one one man show. Okay. Uh, I sat in the front row by myself. No mm. one sat next to me. <laughs> Which is a lie because later on, uh, two people did come and sit in the front row as well, but they were far away from me. Okay. And I was alone in the front row of this show. Were there many other people in the theatre with you? Enough. Enough yeah. for it to feel like a full theatre. Did you sit in the middle of the front row? No, I sat like on the front row as you go in like the first seat on the left. Like I sat down. Okay. Right, right there. Because sure. I didn't want to take up space, you know? Right. Yeah. I feel um, yeah. yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, so in comes Dougie, mm-hmm. and he's got this great shambling energy. He just comes in, and I'm not sure what the accent was. He did it very well. Mm. I just can't place it. It's not Manchester, I don't think. I think it was Brummy. Like, it's very like, um, you're right. You're right. You've done this right. Like, this sort of one. What do you call this accent? Mm. I have no idea. Yeah. No. I was probably doing it very badly. No. Um, <laughs> thank you all. Um, so he's got that accent the whole time. Mm. Uh, and he comes in and he starts talking to whoever's sitting in the armchair. And throughout the show, he speaks to multiple people. Mm. And it's all. it turns out it's like it's his wife. His son is in the other room listening to Green Day very loud. He's got two pet rats. And the whole story sort of goes on. And he's sort of like this... Kraken wise dad that's just tired after working on a job as a tradie and he comes home and it's just the whole show is just this evening of this man coming home after work and unwinding and just sort of it took a while for it to grab me but when it did it was like oh this man is sad but doesn't know it 
Like, it, it was sort of developed into this story of, like, he sort of would at points... Like, it was very funny. Like, it's a comedy show. Mm. And he would sort of, like, go, um, his wife would go to bed and he'd be at his office, his desk, trying to type something onto Microsoft Word or and he wouldn't be able to hit enter. And so he'd go in and wake his wife up and be like, Oi! Oi! And, like, wake her up and be like, How do I, how do I enter the next line? And she would tell him and then he'd go and do it. And then he'd come back and say... Oh yeah, I did it, but how do I do this? And so he would go in and interrupt his wife for the most inane, stupid things and mm. like bother his son for like jokes and things. But then there was a part halfway through the show where he received some really, really tragic family news. Yeah. Um, and you just watch him shut down. And you just watch this funny dad that we all know mm. just sort of not really know how to process any of his emotions. Mm. And he thinks about going to see his wife, but he doesn't. And he thinks about telling his son, but he can't. And he's just, it was just, like, I had, like, a, like teary eyes of just, like, these are men building their own castles and putting up their walls and not being able to ever, ever reach out when things are serious. Okay. And, yeah, I don't know, it just made me feel really sad. Men building their castles, is that a metaphor for themselves or for them, like, their family, Both. their domestic Both, like, life? All of it, like, all of building the castles in terms of the home that they create, the places they come home to and what they do there and the rituals they have there and putting up walls between them and other people because they don't want to be, I don't know, they don't want to be a burden, they don't want to be annoying, but they also don't want to let people in, and they think that, like, I don't know. Do they want all those things? Well, that's the thing. By the end of it, he was, I was watching watching Dougie be this man. It was sort of like, he, he clearly knew something was wrong, but he just didn't know what to do because I don't think he knew that he needed connection. Right. And it's sort of it was just this really sort of, tragedy of this man who just doesn't know that he's sad and is so deeply sad when he realises what's happened Mm -hmm. and can't reach out to anyone because he just doesn't know how to. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's the sort of overlying story of the show. Yep. Um, Yeah. But I'm always confused by mime. (laughs) Not because I'm dumb. (laughs) (laughs) But there's no box there. There's no (laughs) box. But there is... I always... When someone mimes that there's someone... Like, talks to someone off stage. Or, like, mm-hmm. turns to someone that isn't there. My brain goes, Ah, yes, and now I will look at this person. But there's no one there! <laughs> so, I found myself in, like... A, a, like, I was watching a tennis match, but I just keep looking back to him. I was like, oh, right, there's no one over there. <laughs> like, credit to Dougie. He's very good at, like, acting to someone that isn't there. Just, and now, what's she gonna... Oh. <laughs> oh yes! Yes! Like, when he first turned around and started talking to someone, I had to consistently stop myself from turning around to see who who he was talking to. Um, yeah, so that's just a fun little highlight of the show. I'm sorry, that is your example of you being confused by mime? That, and also, I'm confused by people committing to certain parts of mime and certain other parts. I'm trying to remember now. Uh-huh. People committing to particular... There was, like, you know when... And I'm not even sure if Dougie did it in this show, but you know in shows when people are sort of, like, they, they mime getting things out of a fridge, they mime, like, putting things in a microwave, they mime, like, eating it with a fork, but then they'll have, <laughs> are like... Are hungry? Yes, yes, I am hungry, actually. Yeah. Um, but then they will pick up, like, a real typewriter and start oh, typing on it. Yeah. Or, like, they'll be, like... Miming, doing things in the garden, chopping down a tree, and they'll put down the fake axe, and then they'll go over and pick up a real cloth to wipe their brow. I always find it interesting to see, what have you chosen is important to be real, Mm -hmm. and what have you decided can be not real? Okay. Do you have any ideas of what the ground rules should be there? The ground rules? Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have any ground rule ideas. I think it is interesting dramaturgical choices that would have to get made. Mm. 
Uh, it's an interesting way, like, like an effective way to like foreground the significant elements of a show's visual composition. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, because it's a, a very obvious way to be like, oh, it's clearly this significant that there is a typewriter. Yeah, but sometimes it's just clear that they got a cool prop and wanted to use. <laughs> is that clear, or is that you? Yeah, not sometimes them because there's like sometimes because it's like. They're in the kitchen doing boring things, and then they pull out, like, a full-blown sword or something. Maybe they only use the things that they couldn't work out how to mime. <laughs> this is not what I think Dougie did. No, this, <laughs> Dougie is, not, this is not great. what Dougie did. No, no, no. I just thought I might have that mime conversation. But maybe that's maybe we've accidentally unearthed something. Maybe. <laughs> yes. The, the, so the best mime is a totally naked, propless, setless yes. masterwork. Yes. <laughs> And every step away from that is a sign of impure. That. <laughs> is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so that's my current working theory it's when good. it comes to the world of mime. I want to move on from mime. <laughs> oh, okay, you're bored <laughs> of your own question. I am. I am. I'm done with myself. Um. Um. Audience participation. Oh yes. Yes. Let's my re- ring the bell. <laughs> ding 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 ding. Audience participation. Ugh. Uh, yes. This one was good. So the first instance of it was his rats got out. Oh no! Oh no! His mimed rats. Yeah. First of all, I've got to say, Dougie has the most incredible way of performing, m- miming having two rats on his shoulders. <laughs> and I say that now, and it sounds silly, but it's true. He's got this great little shuffle he does, and I just believe that he had rats on his shoulders. That's impressive. Yeah. Good power to power to being trained by a master clown. Would you ever have rats? No. I had mice as a child. Okay. But I'll never have mice or rats just again. Just secretly in your mouth while you slept. No in a cage. Oh, not snooze mice? No, not snooze mice. <laughs> Would you have mice or rats? I'm skipping over your terrible my- joke. <laughs> what joke? These are exactly. real quest- Oh, my oh. Um No, Zakaya used to have a pair of rats, and she oh. loved them. But, yeah, and it was wonderful to see her with them. There's something very witchy about the whole situation. Sure, yes. Yeah, no, I don't think I could... No, I don't think I'm a pet person. Yeah, no, you're not. Thank That's, you. That is true, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we mind having the rats. They One of them got out and got across into the neighbor's yard and into their house and so he had to like go into the house so the way he did that was he'd come around and like sidle through one of the aisles that's full of people mm-hmm. to like get the rats mm-hmm. so that was fun yeah. like fun bit of audience engagement oh yeah and then the audience <laughs> participation so his son is going off to have fun with his friend and his friend has come to pick him up how old is his son his son is, well this is the th- this is one thing that I, I couldn't pick for a really long time who the person on the couch was. I thought maybe it was his elderly mother or something. Okay. And then at one point he like specifically said the word wife or something. I was like, okay. And the son... <laughs> okay, I, so he's married to the chair. Married to the chair. <laughs> and then the son I thought was an old roommate or something. Like like a same age roommate that he lived with. But no, it was son... And I think I figured that out at, at some point when he had like a conversation with him as a father. Okay. I was like, okay, you're... Okay, clearly the son. So son and wife. Yeah. Um... So someone's come to pick the son up, and he comes. So so, Dougie comes up to the front door, which is directly in front of the people next to me in the in the front row. Yeah, and he just sort of opens the fake door, and he's like, "Oh, hey, mate. Yeah, come on in," to the to this girl sitting next to me. Yes, and there's a long pause. Oh God. And then Dougie does. And he's this, waiting for her to get up. Yeah, everyone's sort of laughing because we all know it's coming. And, it's, and he does this sort of. Why do you all know it's coming? Because he's come to the front door, he's staring at her, and he's like ushering for her to come up. So, oh. like, we know we know what he's asking her to do. Okay. And there's a long pause where she does it, and he, he, Dougie just does this sort of like slow nod of like, yeah, <laughs> this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> and so up she gets. Yeah. But I will say the audience participation was great because she was meant to be an awkward 
young teenager that doesn't want to talk. Okay. So, like, perfect for an audience member that didn't really want to be on stage. Okay. So he sat her down next to him on the couch, and it was just this prolonged, awkward silence, interrupted by, like, occasional, like, I don't even remember what they said. It was so awkward. It was just like, you're on the football team at school then? Yeah, right. Like that, just that for like five minutes. Okay, so she was well treated. She was well treated, yeah. She right. she barely had to say or do anything. She just had to sit on the couch next to him. Okay. Um, and I will say it's a bold of him to give that much offer to an audience member. You never know. Because if she'd been like an improv superstar. Yes, exactly. Sure. Could have made it her show. Uh-huh. Um, power to her. She was great. <laughs> I hope she's out there living hey, somewhere. Good on, good on you. Um, <laughs> hope she hasn't committed fringicide, <laughs> which is where you kill yourself after doing because of the fringe festival. Yes. <laughs> no, as far as I'm aware, she's still out there. Good for her. Good for her. Um, yeah. So I don't know. It was just a really fun time. It was also not at all the sort of story I thought I would enjoy, but I did. Like I didn't think I would enjoy a story about an average middle-aged man coming home after work and just unwinding mm. and just watching him go through his life. But Dougie is just such... It's so fun to watch Dougie perform. He's just got this great commitment to character. And like I said, he's so good at making people that aren't there seem real. Uh-huh. Like, even just his one-sided <laughs> interactions with them was like, oh, this feels like it is just a full-blown conversation with someone. Oh, that's impressive. Yeah, so I had a really good time. Sure. Um, and I want to see what Dougie does next. Sure. I want to see Dougie do something more full-blown clown. Okay. If he's been trained by a clown master, that's that's all I mean. I just want to see full blown clown, which is getting out of a car with a bunch of other clowns and then spraying you with water. You know it, baby. Is that what is that what full blown clown is? I don't you? know what full blown clown would be. I just think I want to see it. All right. <laughs> you ready for this? Here we are. <laughs> Are you ready to get fringed? That, this is this is that's good. I'm ready to get singed. Fringed. If fringe isn't in it, then you don't... Yeah, we're going to get fringed. Fri- but you got to imagine that it's instead of saying sin. Was it clear by fringed I was going for fingered? <laughs> no. <laughs> I'd be laughing more if that's what I... Fring- fringed. Yeah, okay. It's yeah, a tricky it's one. It's tricky, yeah. Makes yeah. you think. <laughs> going to get fringer banged. Yes. Mm. Closer. It's closer. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we went to... Well, I went to... So after seeing You're a Catch, Why Are You Single... Johnny and I then went for a walk around the empty, dark, rainy Luna Park around Why? the periphery, not the inside. We went around the fence of the outside of it. Can you? Oh, okay. For some reason, in my head, the Luna Park is like on its on a pier, like in the middle of the. It's ocean. near a pier. So we walked around <laughs> Luna Park. We talked about theme parks, and then there's this pier that I think is quite new. It's mm. called like the Shakespeare Pier or no, something. No, it's not. It's, it is. It's called like just call it the Shakespeare. Right. That's funny. Yeah, no, it's Shakespeare something. Okay. But then we went onto this pier, and then of course I lectured him about Amelia Bassano. I was about to say, yeah, <laughs> yes. good, yeah, good. <laughs> this should really be called the Bassano <laughs> Pier. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. we walked around there, and then yeah, then we went to back to Theatre Works, where yep. we'd come from, yep. because we were going to see a play about Ivy that is really about June. Is it a play about Ivy, or is it a play about June? Well, who's to say? Arguably us. Go on. That's where we come in. (laughs) I'll make the choice. (laughs) But yeah, but we go back to Theatre Works. Mm -hmm. And then who do we see? Who do you see? Oh, you're never going to... You're never going to guess. What? Do you want me to say it? Because it was me. It was James! (laughs) Because it turned out I was also seeing a play about Ivy that's really about June. Ah! On the same night. James was there. And you were with... Who were you with? I was with my partner. Ah! Huge. 
Flaug. Flaug. And, yep, so, yeah, yep. the two of you were there. And so it was like, ah, the rare instance of us seeing a show together. Yeah, because we try not to because we got to drive up that content, baby. Drive up that content. It's meant, it's a joke about consuming stuff. Okay, sure. <laughs> no, no, I just hate to think of us driving up content. Yeah, that's why I said it as a joke. Oh, that's, that's not this... really what we do. No. no. <laughs> Good, well analysed. That's okay. good. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, so yeah, so then we went inside. Yeah. I'm oh. going to say right now, I'm so sorry, Theatreworks, you need to fix your bathroom door. <laughs> oh god, you're going in hard. I'm going in hard immediately. What's wrong with the door? Okay, so they've got they've got a um accessible door, which is great. It swings open, you push a button and it clo- closes and locks. Oh, okay. I pushed the button for it to close and lock. It yeah. closed and then swung back open. Oh. Twice. Oh. And then it's the sort of thing it closes and you push the button to lock and a little light changes. You don't hear anything. Nothing else changes. When I lock a door, I want to know that the door is locked, you know? <laughs> Especially if I'm down there, like, pants around me ankles, you know? I want to feel like I'm safe. Aha! Uh-huh. So, pushing a big black button that doesn't feel like it does much makes me feel very scared. And then the door swung open again anyway. Aha! Uh-huh. So, I'm just saying, it's it's terrific that it's there, but it needs to be tweaked. Yes, Theater works. because half the audience saw your butt. <laughs> the audience saw my butt! Um, and I didn't want that to be the case, but it was. <laughs> Full disclosure, I'm pals with Olive Weeks, the writer and director of the show. Okay. Um, she was the one that was sitting next to me when I saw that high school production of Dracula that I talked to you about. Oh, that's so nice. If you okay. remember Wesley's Dracula. I remember Wesley's Dracula. Oh, Wesley is Draculian for Wesley. Okay. Are you familiar? Uh, uh, if you uh, just say Transylvanian. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Yeah, no. So we plonk on in. Plonk on in. Front Sit row. Sit on down. Front yep. row. Dead centre. I'm sitting between Flynn and Jake. Heaven. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> God. <laughs> um, yeah. Johnny's next to me. It's a really great time. Gorgeous. Yeah. Um, yeah. Then, oh, it's a naturalistic set. Yes. Very. Yeah. They were like strewn about clothes. It, it, it was a bed. One, a bed. A great bed. You really great the bed. bed. Love that bed. Um, it was one of those sets where you walk in and you think, oh, we, we're just, we're in a Melbourne share house. They just nail the vibe of, oh, welcome home, baby. <laughs> welcome to Fitzroy. Oh, oh it's the share house. The share house. Melbourne share house. Yes. Yeah. Oh, coffee. Oh. <laughs> Why are you turning into a failing old woman? <laughs> oh. It's share. <laughs> Mamma Mia 2, baby. Mamma Mia 2. Oh, uh, we should do a review of Mamma Mia 2. Oh, my Let's God. Let's do movie reviews. It'd be too much moaning. You wouldn't be able to get through it. Oh, God, that was good. Um, yeah. Mamma Mia 2. Um, but share, yes, when I saw share house. I don't know, I don't yes, know how set. you felt, but when you saw the set, I was like, oh, naturalism. We can just, like, sit here. You love naturalism. Now and then, when I'm starved for it, absolutely. Sure. I don't particularly have any strong feelings towards naturalism, by the way. I, I, didn't, I didn't see this set and go, oh, naturalism. I saw this set and go, oh, it's a Melbourne chair house. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's just like part of like the, the sort of art that fringe, fringe tends to generate, especially a lot of direct address, a lot of talking straight to the audience, oh, yeah. a lot of, you know, self-awareness. Oh, yeah. It was nice to be able to think, oh, maybe there's going to be a fourth wall Oh, my kingdom for a fourth There wall. was not? There wasn't. But we'll get to that in a moment. <laughs> but that's what I was ready for. You're ready I was for excited. I was just ready to sit back and decide if this play was about Ivy or if it was about June. <laughs> and did we figure it out? <laughs> that, that's the titillating maybe that will get you through listening to this fine tale of two gaybos at the theatre with two other gaybos. <laughs> Fringe! Fringe! <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. So, so, show starts. Yeah. It begins. It begins. We're sitting there. 
Um, I actually can't remember how it starts. Oh, we didn't even speak about one of the best things that we love. What? Preset. Preset. <gasps> there was a preset. There was a preset. Oh, you dumb bitch. There was a you... preset. No, I had nothing. Nothing. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, preset. So, yeah, so. Huh? So, what happens? So, Isabel Ford comes out. Um, yeah, and she's like. Well, she's already out. She's already. She was already out when we arrived. Yeah, she was there yes, on the stage. That's right. Because, yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So she was there. It was like dicking around on the bed, and like holding jackets up against herself to see if they looked good in a mirror that we couldn't see. There are a lot of clothes on the floor, which is true to a Melbourne Share House bedroom. Sure. Sure, baby. Yeah. Um, Stop it. <laughs> uh, yeah. And yeah, audience filed in. The preset like went for a while. I feel like I was watching her try on jackets for quite some time. Way too long, but also. <laughs> Too long. No, only because there were multiple moments that we, that you and I noticed of just like the of accidental hush and the audience all going, oh, and just waiting uh, to watch. But but no, Isabel just had to keep trying on fans. I love an accidental hush. It's just like oh, the man's well to season the hush and go with it. Just start. Let me just go with it. No just one's ready start. for the start of the game, but you know what? I'm in the mood. Let's go quiet. Got their attention. Might as well attention. do it. Yeah. No, Connor is really mad about when the music. Fades and Joel has also yelled about this. The, when there's pre-show music, but there's the pauses between the songs. Crossfade. Yeah, the, the, the people. So people think the show's about to start, but really it's just swapping between Natalie yep. and Brulia and Casey Chambers. Yes, exactly. Have a crossfade. Yeah, yeah. not that hard. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, no. Just so talk about the bathroom. The show begins, and so then what it ends up sort of being is like so. Isabel is playing Ivy, mm-hmm. and then Alan Newton is playing June. June. Sorry, or why did you say June like that? I don't that? know. I just wanted to contribute. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I guess, yeah. So this is one of those rare times where we both saw it. So I guess we'll just both be sort of shouting stuff. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Like June. Um, I'll shout things at you sometimes and you'll shout things at me sometimes. Okay. Let's, and let's pretend that's a healthy way to have a conversation. Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, but so, uh, sort of like from a long distance, this play is about an imbalanced friendship um, and to slash one-sided romance, sort of, yeah. Because yeah. there's kind of like a sense that Ivy's in love with June, and it's in a way that it's quite a young version of love. Mm. Um, that sort of all-encompassing. Oh, I need this to be my life. Sure, sort of love. Sure, sure. Which scares me. Which, but you don't consider that type of love to be specifically young, do you? I think. If I had someone who loved me the way Ivy loved June, I would call the police. Oh my god! I think it. it I, I I get it, and I know it's a it's it's a feeling that people have. But I think I just think it's, there's a part of your brain that you need to manage to not be stalker adjacent. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there is a part of me that thinks, yeah, it's all well and good to have those feelings, but but you need to be able to rein it in. Absolutely, but this comes back almost to the thing we talked about in the previous episode where we were talking about Vivian's play and talking about how in the dense fog of horniness (laughs) or in the midst of love, um, it's almost a real test of integrity. Um, The sense of like, when you're in love like Ivy is, or in any way, and I guess it applies to any emotion, Mm. it's kind of your job. So whether or not you'd call it self-parenting or whatever it is, but to remember the rules you set for yourself when you're in a more balanced mindset yeah. of like, when when one is in love, this is how one should behave. These are the boundaries of decent human behavior. Yes. And then you fall in love or you get horny or you feel, or you're mad or like anything. And you have but your you, commandments to fall back on. Absolutely. You need, you need to have your like declaration of independence that you come back to and you're like, 
nope, these are the rules I set, and I know that now I feel differently, and I want differently, and I perceive things differently, but I believe that the person I was when I wrote those rules made a very yeah. wise decision to decide that these are my rules, and even when I'm in love with June, I'm not going to behave like a crazy person. Yeah. Do you think Ivy accomplished that? <laughs> I don't know if Ivy even set down those rules for herself. No, I don't think so. So explain to me, how would you describe the way Ivy behaves in this play? I think I just, it's, a, it's a way that I completely understand, and I think it's a way that we all have to behave. And the reason I call it, it feels quite young is because it is the way that a lot of young people behave when they're in love. There is that sort of all-encompassing, I need this person or I'll fucking kill myself sort of mm. energy. Yeah. Um, and I think as you get older, just by sheer nature of maturing, you you develop those rules that you spoke about and you figure out what is a sustainable way of being in love and what is not and mm. how you need to sort of curtail that. And I think the way Ivy loves June mm. is very innocent and sweet and very unrealistic, I think. What does that mean? I think... I don't know. I'm trying to... What do I think? I think I get swept up in the idea of, like... What am I trying to say? Do I don't you? know. You think she loves unrealistically. I think... And you also said she loves innocently. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out what I'm thinking here. Okay. Do you have any... Is other... there... Well, I'm just... I'm interested in what you're saying. Is there, like, an example of something she said or did... I think in particular, she's, it's that sort of, it's innocent because it is that sort of pure love that just sort of goes into you and makes, encompasses every part of your body and suddenly you can't think or breathe when they're around. Yeah. And it almost comes, it almost feels to me like that feeling is more of a situation than a love. You know what I mean? Like that sort of being sort of filled with this powerful love and this feeling of intoxication being around someone I believe that sort of love is the thing that you're in love with rather than the person. I think that that sort of blinds you to see the person as they really are. Mm -hmm. And I think it's unrealistic to expect that to be a love that can be returned so easily. I, I, okay. Is what I'm trying to say. What are you trying to say? You're saying that love, in that particular state of high intensity... Yep eventuates in the projection of fantasies onto a person yep. that because they are so far reaching beyond what is reality by definition, because they are fantasies that you're projecting, it means that it cannot be returned. No, I think the first part. Yes. What am I? I why am I so dumb today? Wait, no, you're not being dumb. You're, the reason that you consider Ivy's love to be unrealistic is because you think inherent to her love is an expectation of a mirrored return of its intensity? No, not even that. I think it's just... Do you I want time to think I about it? I think I need time to think about it. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I hadn't had any of these thoughts until now and I, I hadn't really thought about them. Oh, sure. No, it's interesting. I guess it's time to bring up as much as I was excited for naturalism. This probably falls into... Yeah, it falls into a naturalistic category, but there was a lot of like still direct address and whatnot. You know, like it was still very much... Isabel talking to us, yes. playing Ivy, telling us about Ivy's inner world, her thoughts, her ideas. Like, even in moments where we would get to fall into dramatic scenes between Ivy and June, there'd still even be, like, cracks of moment where Isabel would turn towards us and be like, but I'm actually thinking this, even though I said this. Yes. You know? Yeah. Um, so it was, a, it was a play that very determinedly stuck to, we want to tell you everything about... Yeah, the, the inside of no Ivy's head. No stones unturned. No, it was very much like... Um, 
Yeah, well, I'm going to let you know with total honesty and blatant yeah. truth everything. You're like given I'm... all the information. Yes. Yeah. Which is yeah. Which is a style of writing that is super valid. Yeah. Um. But yeah. Yeah. That's that was kind of like the audience's position was just kind of like yeah. We peeled off the top of her head, and you get to see everything that happens while all of the, like all of this stuff happens. Yes. Yeah. 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 There was like a. Uh, again, coming back to this thing that I'm enjoying lately of just like female haughtiness. <laughs> okay. um, you say the, that a lot. Ah, yeah. the, the sequence where she talked about masturbation and talked about a vibrator that she Lily has. Lily Allen's vibrator. Lily Allen's vibrator. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. Um, that bit to me did feel like. It sort of. I don't know. It sort of felt. I would love to see Isabel sort of in some sort of like one woman show doing like that she's written I, she, I love Isabella as a performer I think oh my god right that's the thing yeah yes. like I, I just want to see what your thing so we can talk more about them I yeah. just want to see her do a, like a, like a one woman funny cabaret like jumping from little story to little story because that that vibrator bit was so fun yeah and I was just like ah oh, this is funny like yeah. more of this oh my god yeah because I yeah love... these two performers oh my were remarkable yeah um yeah to jump quickly to Ellen Newton playing I June do, before you even go on yeah I need to there's, there's there was mo- one or two moments in the show where there was just Ella sitting in a chair mm. with a vape mm. and the way the light captured her so perfectly first of all not to reduce people to looks but oh my god Ella is stunning totally like, yeah yeah like I could totally understand why that sort of all-encompassing love would come over you isn't it was amazing the way that like because it was just Isabel on stage for like the first sort of like five minutes of sort of like Isabel is establishing like the world and what the play's sort of going to be about. Mm. And then it made so much sense when Alice sort of like electrically kind of enters the yeah. space and bops into the scene and it's like, like oh, oh my, my God. God. You're like, yeah. you're everything that I thought you'd be and more yep. and you somehow managed to encapsulate, like, as you're saying, like she almost managed to embody the fantastical notion you have when you imagine, like, who's the sort of, like, young woman that you could just fall madly in love with at first sight? What's that And movie? then you see her just bubble into the scene. Like, oh, that, that's... Like, oh, it's that's the woman her. from everyone's imagination. What's that movie where there's this, like, girl that turns out to be evil and killing boys? Jennifer's Body. Jennifer's Body. She reminded me so much of Jennifer from Jennifer's Body. Megan Fox. Yeah. Great. Oh, it was <laughs> Megan Fox! There we go. Yeah, she. I don't know, know movies. <laughs> I don't know movies. <laughs> okay. um, I'm pretty foggy on why that reference even applies. Then, if you just, don't remember, just, <laughs> just, I think it's a particular. Just Megan Fox holding the lighter under her tongue. Yes, is something that I immediately thought of when I saw Ella come on stage. Okay, if that helps at all. That's it's just that sort of energy of, I don't know, cool, sexy, gorgeous. Like I just obsessed. I'm obsessed. Great. And that image of her in the chair with a vape, blowing the vape smoke out through her nose yeah. like she's a bull about to charge, uh-huh. was very cool. Sure. That was like the coolest image in the entire play. I thought that was very, very cool. Oh, cool. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. And Isabel Ford, it was just she like... She had a real sort of... I don't want to say, like, earth like, dirtiness. But she's dirtiness. A dirt, she had a real sort of, like... like I'm here to I'm here to talk about things. I'm here to say them, and I'm going to say them like this. So, I, you know, she reminded me a little bit of the, I think, I'm sure you'll remember their name. The performer that performed "You Ought to Know" from Jagged Little Pill. Oh God, yes. No, I don't remember. The, do you mean the Australian version or the Australian version that we saw? Oh, 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 oh. That's really upsetting that I don't remember that one, but I do know who you mean. Absolutely. Yes. That performer. There was a real similarity in my mind between yeah, the, their, no, I'll pay like, that. I'll their pay energies. That. Also, I don't know how much of this was intentional. Yes. Very, very, very much like the um, lesbian character from Stranger Things. 
I've not seen that show. She, same sort of hair, very similar energies, and also the fact that she says Stranger Things a lot in the show. I wonder if there was a decision to sort of try and, I don't know, be I a bit like that character. Because oh. it was almost too <laughs> on the nose. Really? You know, like, it was to the point of like, oh, you look so much like her. Okay, I would help, but I have no patience for child actors. So She's not a child. <laughs> no, but the cast of Stranger Things are children. No, they're not. Aren't they? No, they're all like 18. At the start of the show, they were 18. Yeah, but this lesbian character is only in the latest seasons. And she's an adult. So. So. So I'm right. (laughs) Okay. All right. (laughs) I'm happy for you to win that wrestle. Thanks. (laughs) Give me something. Um, I guess the content of the play, it's 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 about an imbalanced friendship. Um, I'm curious, have you ever had a friendship that kind of like was decimated by that type of imbalance or like... Did, yeah. Not decimated. I've definitely had, like, friends in high school that I had, like, crushes on and sort of felt things for and didn't really know what to do with those feelings. Uh-huh. Um, a la Ivy. Uh, yep. Thank you. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't think I've ever had... I don't think I've ever really had enough friends close enough to sort of worry about that. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. What about you? Do you Have you had... Dramatic friendship collapses? Dramatic friendship? Not really dramatic ones. No, I've certainly had friendships that had crushy components in them. But I guess none that... No, none that enveloped me... None that then continued to be friendships that enveloped me to the extent that Ivy was enveloped by her obsession with June. It was very... It was obsession. Um, yeah, no. All of those... Became something of an explicit romance. Oh, <laughs> you dirty, dirty man! <laughs> yeah, and that's a short list of experiences. But um, yeah, no, none that haven't. Yeah, no, none that. Okay, all of the ones that had any sort of crushy component have all kind of like resolved themselves into some sort of healthy dynamic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was talking recently with a friend of mine about how um, so many friendships, especially when they're new, feel kind of. Even when I was talking to Connor on this podcast about how new friendships can feel kind of crushy sometimes. Oh, I find especially with... Ge- yeah. Jake just dropped some paper. I picked it up. Everything's fine. Go back to normal. <laughs> um, I find especially with like queer relationships, there is always that sort of... I find any time... Even now, when I meet other gay men, I do have that knee jerk of, all right, are we going to be enemies, friends, or are we going to have sex? What What is this? Yeah. Like, there is that sort of immediate... Oh... What this could be anything. Yeah. Um, that I don't know why that permeates into my life so much, but every time I meet another gay man I do have that immediate mm. knee jerk reaction. Right. Yeah. No, do that you, makes sense. Yeah. Do in you the way of like well that's even just like the rules of your own like your sympathetic nervous system, isn't it? It's like mm. you the, the, like gay men is where so much stuff comes from. Into in the in the terms of like our like queer experiences of existing. Mm. Like our romantic dramas and our romantic exchanges are always gonna happen around other gay men. Yeah. You know? Yeah, um, true, yeah. You know? So it's like of course it triggers inside of us, like, oh <laughs> these relationships are the only places my disasters come from. So mm. it's like but they're also in... good things. Sure, plenty of good things. Yeah, but it's like you do kind of yeah, yeah it makes sense that especially when it's coming from both sides of things. Yeah, it's like you do have to do kind of like that that terrifying stare at each other and walk in a circle kind of thing of like, okay, where yes. is this going? What is this? Yep. Yes, and yeah. at some point we need to lay down some ground rules in terms of how this is going to continue if this is going to continue because the guesswork is exhausting, <laughs> isn't it? Oh my god, I need some clear written guides. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I need a little questionnaire every time I meet someone. Yeah, it's like. Tick this, please. We got a bang. 
Fucking. <laughs> Would we be fucking? Yeah. Anything else you want to say about no, I think June I've... or Ivy? <laughs> um, no, I think I've said all the things that I wanted to say. It was so wonderful to see. Yeah. It seemed like a lot of the audience was like friends with Olive or family of Olive. Did we go on opening night? I have no idea where we were, but it seemed like, yeah. yeah the it fact was... that Olive was there in the audience made me feel like a must But she wrote and directed it. Maybe she went to every performance. But it seemed like, yeah, there were so many people around talking about adoring her so yeah. much. And she's clearly, yeah, a wonderful, talented person. So it was love to s- like wonderful to see her. Be so supported and loved. Nice to be recognised. Of... Yep. And yeah. it seemed like the production team was really into each other as well. So that's really lovely. Yeah, it's always nice to see a good team. Good team. Love a good team. Uh, play. So I guess the last thing to answer, Jake. Yes. Is it a play about Ivy or is it a play about June? Um, I guess the title's clever in the way that... Um, it, maybe in the way of like... As we've kind of talked about the idea of chapters of your life being kind of like devoted to particular people, um, for the time that is covered in this play, in Ivy's mind, which is where we spend the play, mm-hmm. um, her life was about June. There you go. You know, That's your answer. I guess. That's good. Yeah. My answer is also June because it says it in the title. <laughs> so, so uh, different approaches but same destinations <laughs> that's great yep, the answers were written on the whiteboard but I didn't look up during the test didn't check <laughs> and nor should you fringe 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 you can stop this <laughs> no I'm enjoying this song uh, I was trying to come up with a fringe song for us oh okay and I haven't got anything yet, but I'll be working on it. So by the time the next... We're about to take a break. Yeah. I'm about to go get us some coffees and food. And then by the time we return, I will have us a little fringe jingle. Yeah. Oh. Mm. Don't try to say fringle. <laughs> My mouth is already open. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah. See you in a second. Um, yeah. As, as usual... We may just... not agree with anything that we've said in this podcast uh, already. Absolutely. And friends, don't let friends become theatre critics. I swear to God. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Yeah. I need to eat something. (laughs) We're going to go and get that sorted. Please look us up on Instagram and also we have an email. Love you. Hold up. 